boom there it is ladies and gentlemen i don't know about you guys but this imposter syndrome this limitations that i have these fears they're real and no matter how much success you obtain or where you're if you're getting started those fears are always going to be there and today's guest is going to help us overcome them so without further ado let's get this show on the road here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you. And welcome to another episode of Business Plus. Are you a woman entrepreneur feeling stuck and uncertain about how to take your business to the next level? Are you struggling to find the balance between your personal and professional life? If so, you're not alone. Many women entrepreneurs face the same challenges, but today we have an expert who can help you overcome these obstacles. She's a former lawyer and senior executive turned mentor, author, and motivational speaker who has helped women entrepreneurs create the life and business of their dreams. In this episode, she shares her personal journey of hitting rock bottom and how she rebuilt herself to reach a seven or to reach seven figures in just two years. She's here to help you conquer your fears, frustrations, limitations, so that you can create a level of success and abundance that your soul craves. Now let's welcome to the show, Mina Kumari Adani. I was a delayed party clip, but there's the party clip. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm excited to learn about what you have to offer here. Okay, so I'm going to go through our, our 10 fire questions. It'll give, give me an opportunity to get to know you, and then we can kind of dive into some of these. So question number sure. one. What are some of the most common challenges that your clients face when trying to start their own business? Lack of self-worth. Because I always say your self-worth is directly correlated to your net worth. And most people think what they lack is strategy, but a lot of times it's the inability to see a future which is possible and a future where they are living a life of freedom and specifically a life of financial freedom self-worth that's definitely a big one i think we have our own limiting beliefs when we do that okay question number two you ready how do you suggest managing work-life balance when starting a business from scratch oh that's a really good question i think work-life balance is a fallacy and i think if we are going to spend our entire lives focusing on work-life balance we'll get to the end of our life, realizing we haven't solved this problem. So the best way of dealing with or managing your life is, I call this um, fill and drain strategy, where you put into your schedule things that fill you, because things that uh, things that fill you will ensure that you don't get drained, it will ensure you don't get burnt out. So instead of constantly trying to balance your life just focus on scheduling things that fill your soul because over time you'll realize that you somehow you've managed to do things that makes you happy you you'll do things that depletes you but at the end of the day it's a win it, you you'll win 
Oh man, so the work-life balance is fake. I think I'm gonna come back to you on that one because that I I 100% agree with you on that. Okay, so question number three: Can you talk about the importance of building a strong personal brand, especially in today's business world? Oh wow, I love that. Um, according to statistics, 94% of people are more willing to buy from you when you have a strong personal brand online, and so that in itself is already very telling. Uh, I think when People buy from us because of who we are, not just about what we teach, because there will be so many people who do the same thing. But there's a reason why someone would resonate with you versus someone else. And that is a lot has to do with your personal brand. I let, let me expand on that a little bit, because I think the way people are building their brands today is a little bit different. In the past, we were building uh, a following, right? That literally on Instagram, they're called followers. Facebook, they're called followers. But I feel like today we're focusing on our, our attention more on building a community. Um, yes. Can you kind of share what your view is on the difference between brand and community? Um, you know, I, I think what I'm going to be sharing is more subjective, but when people build a brand, it could be not necessarily for someone who's a service provider. You could be building a brand as an influencer, for example, right? Like, like you're, you're a travel influencer, you're traveling the world, you're sh showcasing different places. In that sense of the word, if you are not someone who's selling a product or a service, you don't really need a community unless later on you plan to launch your own your merchandise or whatever the case may be. But when you're a service provider or you sell your own products, Ultimately, having a community is a very, very important aspect to your business because now you're living in an era where consumers are very intelligent because of social media. People feel very connected to other people. And when they buy from you, before they get to the level of buying from you, they have to go through a journey of no like trust. And that no like trust journey is better formed when you create a relationship with your customers. So true. So true. Okay. Question number four. You ready? What are yeah. some ways to overcome imposter syndrome when starting out as a new entrepreneur? This is actually a very long answer, but I'm going to try and keep it short. I think the biggest, um, the biggest lie we've been told online is all the ticks, all the tips and tricks to appear confident. Right. But there is a lot more to imposter syndrome than what people talk about. Just imagine as if it's an iceberg and everything that you see at the top is only things you see at a superficial level. You know, you say things like, I'm not confident, I, I don't like to speak in public, or I, I don't have what it takes to build a business. All these things are things you're seeing at a superficial level, but things at a deeper level are things that usually go unaddressed. And things that need to be addressed is more where this fear comes from, where you form these beliefs, how it shaped your worldview as a result of which you're showing up in a certain way. If you're not able to revisit that, you're not able to change that from your past, you will never ever be driven by future vision. You will always be driven by your past traumas or by your past fears. Some of that is, uh, I believe, uh, self-talk, 
right? So you're describing things where we were brought up a certain way to think a certain way to do certain things. And that kind of has a, a, an outward effect into how we have our own limiting beliefs. But I think some of it also has to do with what we tell ourselves. I think we're the biggest, yes. worst, most detrimental critic and that we are the ones that essentially stand in our own way. What do you think? Yes. Um, <clears throat> The way we talk to ourselves has a lot to do with the way we were shaped. And so how we were shaped is the way we were brought up, our surrounding, our environment. And all of this is, uh, I would say, it's a vicious cycle. So the way we were shaped shapes the way we talk to ourselves. The way we talk to ourselves shapes our future. So that's why I said, unless and until you revisit where and how you started creating this belief in your life that you're not worthy or you don't have what it takes, unless you understand and have that self-awareness to be able to go to that place at time where you created that belief, you won't be able to shift it. And everything else that you're going to be doing is only superficial, like saying affirmations and saying all these things is only superficial because you haven't really addressed the, the root cause of that limiting belief. So, right. Okay. Well, that definitely leads into our next question. Because with rejection, you're going to struggle with failure how do you suggest that people deal with this, especially knowing that a lot of our own self-talk is going to either help us use these rejections or failures to catapult us to the next level, or we could use the same rejections or failures to hold us back? Yeah, that's also a really good question because I think the reason a lot of people have fear of failure is because as a society, we've been taught to believe that failure is the opposite of success. The truth is failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is en route to success. So instead of looking at failure as I'm a failure and that means I'm not a successful person, you need to be looking at failure as, wow, I failed, I'm on my way and I'm getting there because I don't know any successful person in the world who hasn't failed. What the difference between them and other people who have not success, who, who have not created the success they want, is that successful people have a very big appetite for failure. They don't think failure is a person, they think failure is an event, and they can look at failure very objectively and say, okay, what are the things I did there that didn't work? What are the things I can do better next time? Because if you are objective about failure, you can learn a lot from it and you can again keep going. But if you, look, you, if you look at your failure and just keep telling yourself you're the worst person and that you'll never succeed and all of that, then basically you will never achieve anything. And I always say you only fail when you quit. I think that when you surround yourself with people who are like-minded, you, like you said, not everybody sees the world the same way. Some of us look at failures as obstacles and others look at failures as just part of the progress to where we want to exactly. go. So surrounding yourself with people who think like that will also help you get yourself in that mindset so that you're going in that same direction. So the next question is, can you discuss some strategies for networking and building connections, especially in, in your industry? De again, depending on what you do, because that is a lot got to do with you finding your tribe. So for example, if you are somebody who is wanting to build your personal brand online, show up on social media, learn about personal branding, start creating posts, connect with other thought leaders 
read about their journey because like I said, I don't know any successful person who has never failed. And the more you read about people who have been through a journey where they had to overcome failure, that you will see and you'll be inspired by them and you will indirectly surround yourself with these thought leaders because you are engaging with the content, you are learning from other people, you're growing and at the same time, you will keep, um, so you will keep populating these thoughts in your mind about the possibility of succeeding versus you being in your own head and not taking any action. Because when you don't take any action, it's only that voice in your head that rings true. But if you take action and you surround yourself with the right people, you will see that ultimately everything that you start implementing is going to take you to the, the level that you want to get to. Sorry. It's almost like you got to put blinders on and kind of have that direction going forward. I noticed, uh, I mean, your episode 1122, I've interviewed over 900 entrepreneurs. After doing this for so long, I start to notice that there are patterns that successful people tend to have. And one of them is having that clarity of where you want to go. You may not know the how you're going to get there, but you know where you're going and each individual mistake or failure or connection that you make is always progressively getting you there because you know exactly where you want to go. So what, you know, I've been, I've been interviewing entrepreneurs for a while and I'm wondering as you started coaching and mentoring people, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions that maybe entrepreneurs have that are holding them back that you see over and over where if they could just take this little shift, they would be so much further ahead? I think aside from aside from what I mentioned earlier about the fear of failure, there are two very, very big ones that is that becomes a stumbling block that prevents people from either taking action or succeeding. One is comparison. Looking at other people's page 100 and looking at your own journey and saying, why am I not where that person is? And then you judging other people. Oh, he doesn't look that smart. She doesn't look that smart. Why is she making X amount of money and why am I not? You know, so when you judge a person's uh, journey and you start thinking that, why am I not there yet? That's when you start going wrong. That's why I love what you said earlier about putting blinders, because when you put a blinder, you focus on your own journey. That's one. The second thing is giving yourself an unrealistic deadline. You know, um, when I ask potential clients, how much money do you want to make? And they're like, oh, I want to make multiple six figures or I want to make seven figures. It's great to have a financial goal and you absolutely have to. But if you are someone who's never built your personal brand, you want to immediately start selling your online course and immediately make seven figures, that's never going to happen. So you're actually setting yourself up for failure. And I usually tell people, how about having a clear goal, financial goal as to how much money you want to make, but give yourself the permission not to achieve that goal within six months, one year, two years, because then you give yourself permission to just be and learn and enjoy the process. Because we assume that Success is a destination. It's actually not a destination. Success is that entire journey for you to evolve, to learn, to grow. Making six figures, making six or seven figures, it's not as if you wake up one morning, it's like, oh, I'm seven figures. You have to first make the 50, then you've got to make the 100, then you've got to make the 150, right? It's not like suddenly one day, zero, and the next day, it's, you know, seven figures. It's a whole process. So at every level, you need to be willing to grow, adapt, evolve, course correct and if you have that objective mindset it will get you there 
Oh, I wish it was a snap of a finger, right? I mean, if it could only be that easy, six figures overnight. Yeah, that's that's the that's the dream. But it, it, you're right, it doesn't work that way. And I always like talking about uh, Kobe Bryant, where he he starts uh, describing the idea of success, and he says it's not the lights under under the on the court. It's not the rings. It's the yeah. every single day he's waking up and he's in the gym and he's practicing those shots. It's that progress that's really getting yeah. you there. Um, in my classroom, the kids are doing, uh, it's called an AI research project. And the goal is very simple. They're supposed to hop on TikTok, look at different AI softwares and pick one that makes their life easier in some way. Uh, and that's, and then they're going to present their findings. And I'm wondering, because a lot of times when people want to start a business, they don't know if their idea is a viable idea worth pursuing. So how can someone determine if their business idea is viable and is actually worth going after? Wow, this is a very big question. And it's kind of hard to be um, giving an answer out of context because a lot depends on many different things. First of all, it depends on how much work or research have you done around that business idea, you know? And research isn't just about identifying where the gap is between what a consumer needs versus what is already out there. It also involves having conversation with your ideal clients or customers and see whether what you perceive to be something that is beneficial or something people want to spend money on would actually be something that people would want to spend the money on. Because sometimes there is a gap between what we think will sell and what a consumer actually wants. Having that conversation with a consumer. Third, I think the biggest fallacy is people assume that until I get the perfect idea, I won't take action. You know, um, I was listening to the founder of um, the founder of ClassPass. Somehow her name escapes my mind. She was talking about, and for those of you who may already know it, it's a, it's a $1 billion company. You know, when she first started out uh, with the company, the idea as to where ClassPass is now and how it started was very different. They had to change and course correct quite a few times before they actually nailed it and realized this is exactly what the consumers want. But the thing is, she would not have been able to get there had she not taken action, had she not tried a product which didn't work. And so I think the biggest mistake we make is we assume that until I have the best idea, I don't need to go out there. But the truth is, you have to have a big appetite to fail. You need to go out there. You have to try out the idea. And if it doesn't work, have the ability to look at it and say, okay, that didn't work. Let me see what I think might work based on the feedback I got. Yeah, perfection is always the enemy of progress, right? We we want to have the perfect idea. We want to have that overnight success. There's a lot of things that we wish and hope and dream about, but the truth is you got to have that struggle. You got to kind of just go for it and then kind of figure the rest out as you go along. So the other aspect of this is the money side, right? So one part is maybe my idea is not perfect. The other side is, Maybe I don't have all the funding I need to launch this particular venture. So how do you, how do you, what do you suggest to people when handling or, or talking about finances and budgeting when they're thinking about starting a new venture? So 
Again, it depends on what that venture is and how much capital you need. Because if you need capital and you don't have the capital, obviously you have to either line up um, investors or get partners or you know someone else who's willing to lend you that money. But if you are looking for a venture that has zero startup costs, it doesn't mean that you don't need to think about the financial aspect to it as well, because you might be someone who's in a full-time job. I would never advise anyone to quit their full-time job in order for them to start working on their business, because you can't expect to succeed overnight. And if, you, if you're not going to succeed overnight, the question is, do you have enough funds to be able to live off? Because if you don't have enough funds to live off, then it's not a good idea to be quitting your job. And so one of my clients right now is working on her dream uh, business, but she has a six-figure salary. And she was at uh, one point a little frustrated. And she said, I can't focus on my business because my work keeps me busy, et cetera, et cetera. And just one simple mindset shift changed everything. I just said to her, I said, instead of resisting your job, how about you looking at your job as a source of revenue that is giving you the ability to invest in a business, whether it is even working with me or, you know, signing up to a teaching platform or whatever the case may be. Your job is actually funding you to be able to follow your dreams. Not many people have that ability. So just shifting that mindset, she was like, oh, my God, I didn't I had no I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And I was just working against myself. So now when she was able to accept that this is how it is, she was able to create time, dedicate a specific amount of time where she's going to be working on her business. And I think we really don't spend enough time to realize that a lot of the struggle that we have, unless we shift that struggle, we're going to continuously struggle with it our entire lives. We'll never get to a point where we solve a problem. So how about just being with that, accepting it, and then doing what you can and move to the next step? Perspective is everything, right? I mean, it's still the same situation. Nothing's changed. She has the same 24 hours in her day, but the way she's viewing it changes. And all of yeah. a sudden you're attacking it differently, which kind of leads to the next question, right? Um, People in business at times are going to feel overwhelmed. They're going to feel like they have a ton on their plate, just like you described where they have maybe their normal nine to five job. And on the other side, they have their business they're trying to build. So when you're dealing with people who are feeling overwhelmed or maybe they're burnt out while building their businesses, what advice do you give them to help kind of shift that perspective? I always tell people to go back to the drawing board, look at, create first of all, create a list. Because we tend to be very reactive as people. We just kind of think like, oh my God, I have so much to do. I have so much to do. And then you become overwhelmed just with that thought. There is a reason that you have a pen and a notebook or even, you know, on your Word document or whatever the case may be. Write out all the things that you need to do. There is magic unfolds when you actually write things down. It's like literally dumping stuff from your brain to a piece of paper gives you a bit more clarity. First of all, write out the things you need to do. Secondly, look at that and see what are the money-making um, activities that you need to focus on. Instead of focusing on the little, little things, focus on the money-making activities because a lot of the things are things that you can delegate or you can automate if it's not important or if it's something that you could delegate, you should delegate. 
Otherwise, focus on your money making. And third, what I do, and I absolutely love doing this, which I mentioned earlier about the fill and drain strategy. What I do is I usually have my calendar open and with my list and I see what are the things that are important and how do I schedule it into my calendar? So even if it is me doing the work myself, deep work, and I, it's not even about having a client call, it's about me either working on my content or working on something in my business, I focus and I schedule it on my calendar because once it's scheduled, no one can move it around. And that way I am committed. And instead of just spending every single day feeling frustrated, I know what I'm supposed to be doing on a daily basis. I, I don't think there's a, a better way to do that, to schedule in your priorities. Because I was literally yeah. talking about that to, this morning uh, on my on my Instagram post saying exactly that. Like we talk about the things that we want to do in life, but the, the actions we take are our priorities. And if it's not living on your calendar, if you haven't put that action step into your day, it's not really a priority. It's a thought that you might have that someday maybe might come into fruition. But unless you're taking those action steps, it's not going to happen. Mina, exactly. you've answered a lot of great questions today. I want to make sure people know a little bit about you. So tell me, how did you get in this space? I know I, I had a, a bio for you at, at the intro, but how did you come to, to be where you are today? So I started out in corporate. Um, I became a lawyer. I came from a fam very traditional family where I wasn't allowed to be educated as a woman, but I saw a very different future for myself. So ever since I was a kid, I just knew somehow getting myself an education will lead to financial freedom. And so I was able to convince my dad to let me go overseas to the UK to study. And so I became a solicitor, which is a lawyer in the UK. And then I qualified as an attorney in New York as well. Having qualified in two jurisdictions, I worked as a lawyer for a few years, but somehow I just knew I wasn't made for the legal industry because I felt I had a lot more soul. I didn't want to just be stuck drafting documents. And fortunately, I had worked in MTV and it gave me the opportunity to pivot from legal to business since I was head of business and legal. And I learned very quickly that I can actually do business and marketing a lot better than most people. So I started taking on business and marketing roles. And for the next 20 years, I was overseeing business development, sales and marketing. But in 2016, I went through a massive financial loss from making multiple six figures. I went down to zero because I had trusted someone to manage my finances and overnight it was gone. And that led me to an entirely uh, different path in life where I had to do a lot of soul searching because I really do believe everything in your life that happens to you, you are co-creating consciously or unconsciously. So I had to ask myself, um, again, looking at yourself, raising your awareness without, judge without judgment, I had to ask myself, what role did I play in making this happen? And I understood that it was a lot of limiting beliefs I had. One belief was I'm not good with money. That's why I farmed up the res responsibility to someone else. Another belief, which was uh, not as easy for me to discover, was that because I came from an Asian background, because I am a woman, there is this understanding in the Asian community that women should not be successful. And so I kind of downplayed my own power and my own success only so that I could fit in. And when I realized that I was downplaying myself, that's when I realized that I was not doing myself um, any service. So I decided to shift, change my 
story about money, educated myself about money, learned how to take responsibility, let go of the hatred and betrayal, started focusing on how I can build. And interestingly, I built my personal brand by accident because as I was going through that journey and wanting to focus more on healing and being happy and achieving my dreams, I started writing on social media. As I started writing on social media, I started gaining traction. And over time, that's how I attracted the clients. That's how I started doing what I do. And when I was able to hit my seven figures in two years, I I didn't, I wasn't even aware of it. And I was only aware of it because I created a vision in 20, 2017. I created a vision that I wanted to buy a villa in Bali. And I had every belief that I was going to be able to buy a villa. I didn't know how, but I was like, I am going to buy a villa and I know I'm going to buy a villa. So in 2018, I found that dream villa, but I didn't know if I had the money or not. And so I looked at my bank account and I was like, oh my God, I actually hit more than seven figures. And I was like, okay, now I know that dreams are possible. If you are willing to take the responsibility to do the work, how you are going to allow yourself to be driven either by your vision or by your past is totally up to you. So that's in a nutshell, my story. That's powerful. That, I mean, that's, that's from all the way making it to, you know, breaking through barriers to hitting rock bottom to bouncing right back. Mina, you've yeah. been a great guest today. Your story is amazing. You, you shared a lot of great information and perspective with us today. Um, if people want to reach out and work with you, what can they find when they go to your website? How can they get a hold of you? So on my website, I have a contact me page, but I also am, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a DM. I also have, I think you've shared my social media handles. I've started my Instagram as well as my um, TikTok. So yeah, you can follow me on all these different accounts. You, you're muted. I can't hear you. Might help if I hit the unmute button, right? Uh, so, <laughs> so thank you very much for coming on the show and taking the time to share with us. Uh, I want to make sure I give you the floor for any final thoughts before we head out. Well, I don't really have any final thoughts, but all I want to say is if you are starting your business or you are planning on scaling your business and you have any kind of fear whether or not you're going to be able to make it happen. I want to tell you that I hope in sharing my story, you know that it's more than possible for you to achieve your goals and your dreams and your vision. You just have to ensure that you take that responsibility of being a creator of your own destiny, because whether or not you're aware of it, you are creating your destiny right now, except you're allowing yourself to be dictated by your fears instead of what is actually truly possible. You are so right. That's it. That's the that's the secret. It's not super difficult, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. Mina, you're you're a living example of that, right? Ups and downs. That's just the way life works. You know, if you my opinion, Mina, if you're trying to be happy a hundred percent of the time, you're going to fail at that because there's peaks and valleys in life. But 
if we have a life by design, if you have something that you want to attain and you know where you're going, even the ups and downs still ride out to be a good life because you know exactly where you're going in life. And Mina, you're, you're a perfect example and you're mentoring people to do that. So ladies and gents, one more time, her socials at Mina Adani. Um, you can find her on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. And her website scrolling across the broad- bottom is strongandshine.com, strongandshine.com. Mina, thank you very much for coming on the program today. Thank we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Peace.